Welcome, one and all, to an all-new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am one of your hoary hosts of the Comic Multiverse, Joel, and joining me is Matt. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's really hot here at the moment, mm. so I've got like two two fans on and an air conditioner on. Right, and it's really freezing over here in Canada right now. It's funny how we always do this opposite weather thing. It is hemispheres, man. I know, man. Freaking hemispheres. If I if I was elected emperor of the universe, I would do something about this hemisphere problem. I would sort that out. Invade the hemisphere? Just take it out. We don't need it. The hemisphere, you know, you had a good run, <laughs> hemispheres, and now we're done. You were a good Rush album, but no more. <laughs> no more hemispheres for anyone. And also, when I'm elected Emperor of the Universe this Tuesday as a writing candidate, I am also going to deal with time zones and this daylight savings thing. What, what, why do we do it? <laughs> You're going to build another sun that is on the opposite <laughs> side of the sun we have now. So it's always daytime. Oh, that's when a good. When we need it to be. That's a good idea, man. I wouldn't even thought of a second sun idea. Do you want to be vice emperor of the universe, and we can get to work on kickstarting <laughs> this second sun? <laughs> I like that idea. That it'll all be one day, one time, and then I guess we can all start speaking the same language too. We'll have to get on that one too. <laughs> I'm not married to English. There's a lot of problems with English. Sometimes we spell colors with you. Sometimes we don't do that. You know, through and though and all that other shit. If someone wants to, you know, pitch a better language for us to all speak, I'm all ears. Well, it's like in, in almost every futuristic sci-fi show, you either, either speak like Chinese or mm -hmm. uh, Russian or something like that. So it'll be one of them. I liked uh, what is it? I liked South Park's version of that, where they're like, "Yeah, in the future, we speak a hybrid of all languages. You know, French, Spanish, Portuguese, uh, Italian, a little bit of English, and some Valley Girl. It's all just in there. <laughs> it's a hybrid of all languages as we become a hybrid of all people. And two, in science fiction shows in the future, they all have one outfit. Do you notice that? It's all usually a silver jumpsuit or something." <laughs> Imagine how easy your day would be if you didn't have to think about clothes if you could just wake up in the morning, throw on the jumpsuit. Yeah, which jumpsuit am I going to wear today? Oh, maybe the silver one. Yeah, always the silver one. It's shiny, and that's how you know we're in the future, when you're wearing the silver jumpsuits. <laughs> yeah, if your clothes are covered in aluminium foil, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then, then you know you're in the future. Truly, it is the future that we will fight for. So uh, so how you doing, Matt? Besides, you know, sweating your balls off in the Australian summer, uh, how else you been doing? Pretty cool. I, I had a really cool weekend. I, I went to, apparently, my city does like this massive toy fair. Ooh, bitch. That I, hadn't, I had no idea about, and I found out about it, so I went around this weekend, and I actually went as a seller. Oh, oh yeah, you've, um, been, uh, you, and, you've been hustling them Black Series figures, haven't you? Yeah, I sold a couple of them, but I've been selling like a. I've got like a bunch of like rare Star Wars stuff and some comics and stuff that I've been trying to get rid of that uh, I don't really want anymore. And yeah, I went around as a seller, and it's not like the American ones where mm. it's like the big toy brands come come out to these toy shows. It's just like people who want to show off their collections oh, or awesome. sell or buy some stuff. There was some really cool stuff. I actually picked up some really great comics. As well, yeah. I find it funny. I'm like trying to sell comics to get rid of them, but then I end up going <laughs> buying a bunch of them. That's what's called an addiction, Matt, and we both have it. <laughs> We're also, you know, what's the word? Uh, what is it? We're enabling each other's addiction with this show. <laughs> 
which we then turn around and buy more stuff with it. It's great. It is. <laughs> my uh, my day was much less interesting, and my week was much less interesting. I uh, went to a brand new dollar store. They opened up in my small dirt town, but uh, they actually had some stickers on sale. They were Justice League stickers, and I, you know, need stickers for work that I could write off. <laughs> for and, things. And, and some of the artwork was actually pretty good. They had, like, some Denny O'Neill Batman here, some classic John uh, Byrne Superman. And I laughed at myself there. I'm like, man, you know, across every other medium, DC always tries to have their heroes match up to with what they look like in the comics now, except for in the world of dollar store stickers where they just don't give a fuck. Well, the, yeah, I've been saying this. It's not just stickers as well because, like, I've gone to, like, uh, the shops here where they sell like to- Justice League toys and stuff, and it's always it's never like the movie Superman or mm-hmm. like the New Fifty Two Superman. It's always the, the classic Superman, the classic Batman, mm-hmm. classic Wonder Woman. It's never the the one that they always say they're trying to sell, which is like the new one, mm-hmm. like the movie or the New Fifty Two or something. It's, there's no brand consistency. I have seen. More and more New 52 Superman. Like, if you go into, like, the card section, they always have, like, the cards for little kids' parties. I've seen underwearless Superman is the thing, but that's about all I've seen. Everyone else gets to look exactly the same. That's, like, the one concession they made. Yeah, I've seen, like, seen him, like, a couple of times, like, in, like, little kids' toys or something. But mm. generally speaking, it's usually the, the classic ones. And uh, if you love hearing something, uh, 20-somethings talk about kids' toys, don't worry, because that's a piece of news we're going to talk about this week. (laughs) Because apparently toy companies totally fucked up again and gave away a major plot point of a movie before they got a chance to. Yep. Gotta love that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess with that out of the way, we can hop into the news for this week. And we actually have a decent amount of stories to cover because Matt and I took kind of the week off last week to do our Doctor Strange commentary, which thank you for everyone who listened to that. And speaking of Doctor Strange, the tail end of this show where we would usually talk about the comics we read this week, that will be devoted to a Doctor Strange spoiler cast. So if you've seen the movie, by all means, stick around and enjoy. And if you haven't, favorite and save this one for later and come back when you have. Yeah, I, I imagine most people have seen it. It's doing really well. Mm, judging by the box office, yeah, I'm going to say most of you have probably seen it. I, uh, I I put my review up today, actually. Wasn't doing so hot. Maybe I picked the wrong time for it. My Champions review was actually doing better than my Doctor Strange review. It was funny. Yeah, and well, I, I did two reviews of Doctor Strange. I did a spoiler one and a mm. non-spoiler one because people were getting really mad at me, even though I put spoiler warning on my... I think it was like my Batman vs. Superman review or something. Some other review. But yeah, they're both doing pretty well. I, I don't even put spoiler tags or spoiler or anything on my reviews anymore. I try and be considerate and not give away the big stuff. But at the same time, I've had people yell at me for stuff that happened in the trailers that I gave. Oh, away. yeah, yeah. I've had that as well. <laughs> I'm like, it's in the goddamn trailer. Well, I don't watch the trailers. Well, then it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry that you needed to go in that clean. I'm sorry we had a miscommunication, but you can't hold my feet to the fire on this one. (laughs) But you know whose feet you can hold to the fire, Matt? And in fact, we're going to. Uh, The toys were revealed this week of what the movie Megazord is going to be looking like in the new Power Rangers movie. Yeah, it's pretty generic. Uh, uh, Generic, that's putting it nicely. I would say it looks like, uh, ooh, what's a good descriptor word here? Um, Hot garbage. (laughs) 
is the word I would use. And I say that knowing full well that when we talked about the trailer previously, a lot of our fans, a lot of the comic multiverse universe out there uh, are actually excited for the movie and really liked the trailer. I say that full well knowing and respecting that fact, and yet at the same time, old man Joel needs to get up out of his rocking chair and tell all you kids to get off his lawn. <laughs> and take your crappy Megazords with you when you get off my lawn. Just going to throw that one out there right now is all I'm saying. Yeah, it, it, it's just so, it just looks like a Transformer. It looks There's even... There's no, like, separating of the parts or anything. Mm-hmm. It, it just looks fucking weird. You got some vague colors on there. I got to hand it to our buddy Mitch, our mutual comic podcasting buddy Mitch there on Twitter who I think won all of Twitter the night when he said, oh, what's the matter, Joel? You don't like Digimon? Yes, it looks like a giant Digimon is what it looks like. (laughs) And that's not right. That's unfortunate. And again, I actually got into a spirited discussion with quite a few of my followers, and one guy said, you know, well, I like that it just doesn't look like a big toy anymore. And I bit my lip. And I try to be nice, as I try to do to all my fans and followers, but a part of me, a, par- a part of my lizard brain, wanted to yell at him, of course they should look like toys, they were always toys, they were made to sell toys. In fact, in, <laughs> in later seasons of the show, when they didn't have the footage to put all the Zords together, they just put the toys together and filmed that. Yeah, the, the, the whole premise of Power Rangers is to sell fucking toys. Toys are the lifeblood of it, and have always been the lifeblood of it. And the least you can do if you're selling toys is at least make good-looking toys. And I will say pound for pound, Power Rangers had some of the coolest toys, especially the Megazords. Oh, yeah, they were really cool. For Christmas and birthday, whenever I got one of those, that was like the Cadillac of Christmas presents. Yeah, I saw some this weekend, and they look fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Those, like, new, like, Legends series they have where it's like, you know, they turn them into cool statuettes and everything. Those look amazing. Yeah, yeah. I have several of those on my Amazon wish list. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. It's not like I, <laughs> I talk, I've redone it or anything. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, to yeah the it's news. not like that Christmas is coming up. No, it's not like that at all. I'm just, God damn, can you believe Christmas is coming up, Matt? It's less, it's just over six weeks away. God damn. I, it's, I'm sure you've noticed this because, again, because I was out shopping today. It's only been a couple days after Halloween. They have already moved out all the Halloween stuff and all the Christmas stuff has come in. Yeah, I went to the supermarket the other day and all the, you know, the wreaths are up, the Mm. trees are up and all that. And, oh, it's shocking. You know what I love? The couple, like, the couple days in between Christmas and Halloween when they haven't quite moved out everything yet. So it looks like Christmas and Halloween are dueling, like, in the aisles for space, like it's a turf war. (laughs) That's my favorite, and all I can think to myself is I'm like, huh, did Tim Burton and Henry Selleck, when they saw this, are they like, huh, we should totally make Nightmare Before Christmas, this works? <laughs> is that what they put it together? So, yeah. I think so. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's the Megazord for Power Rangers. It's a wah-wah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's a pretty wah-wah, is all I can say, and I know people in the comment section are probably writing right now, hey, Joel, give it a chance, hey, Joel, I'm sure... It'll look better when it's in action, or hey, Joel, I'm sure it won't look as bad as the CGI Zord from the first Power Rangers movie, to which I can say, okay, the last one I gotta give you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it can't look as bad as that, because nothing can look as bad as that. Yeah, well, well, we don't know yet. (laughs) That's that's true, that's fair. Uh, I had a friend ask me just recently... They had gone back and watched the original Power Rangers movie. And remember that shitty kid 
they brought in there Fred, who was like the new original po- uh, point of view character for children. I think so, yeah. Someone actually wrote me and said, Joel, you know all this Power Rangers crap. Did that kid ever become a ranger like he wanted to? And I'm like, no. Not only did that <laughs> shitty kid never become a ranger, we never saw him again. He died in a grease fire. Mm-hmm. Always a grease fire. You gotta watch that grease, man. We all love fried chicken, but you gotta watch out for the grease. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from giant robot no- news to smaller robot news, and a story I'm sure uh, Matt will have plenty to say on, apparently Cyborg Superman is being slated for Supergirl this season. Yeah, in literally two episodes' time. Holy shit. Yeah, really, really soon. We, we don't know... Who's going to be playing that? A lot of people think maybe Tyler Hochin might be coming back mm. for like a secret role for one episode. But my money's on Dean Kane oh. being the cyborg Superman. Oh, don't play with my heart. How cool would that well, be? It makes sense because Cadmus, the bad guys in the show at the moment, are the ones responsible for Metallo. Mm. And they're like making robots and cyborg stuff and they have his character they don't know we don't know what they they're doing with him right. and i think this is the perfect chance for him to come back with superman with a superman symbol on his chest wow freaking movies eat your heart out tv is doing cyborg superman <laughs> i know it's so cool it it would also make sense too cuz in the comics right now cyborg superman yep. is supergirl's father so it would be kind of interesting to take her adoptive father in the show dean kane and make him into cyborg superman yeah, it's a nice twist on another twist. Mm-hmm. Man, CWDC Universe TV is just killing it right now, aren't they? They've been doing really well. I don't except even... for Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow is dumb, but it's a more palatable type of dumb this season, <laughs> I would say. I was just working on my review uh, for like all the shows that came out this week. And this week for Legends, they had zombies in the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> Which is dumb, but I'll call that the good type of dumb. You know what got me, though, and I'll bring this up in my review? They make a big point in this episode of being like, oh, we got to get the Union. Uh, you know, we got to get them the, the intel from the Confederacy or else they'll lose the war. We got to do it, and we got to steal it. And I'm like, why do you have to steal anything? You're from the future. You have advanced computers. You could <laughs> look up it. You could literally give the Union a history book and say, hey, do this. And then they'll win. Give them Wikipedia printouts. Yeah, you could have saved yourself so much trouble, but you <laughs> didn't. It's like you forget you have a time machine sometimes. That's that's like what I've been telling people on Twitter. I, I watch a um another time travel show that's recently just started up called Timeless. Mm, yeah, I heard of it's that. It's such a better show than this. Yeah. It, it 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 sets its own rules up and actually follows them. Unlike uh, Legends, that just kind of makes them up as they go along. Yeah. And then breaks them after making them. Yep. <laughs> Another funny thing about that show is they've had Vixen hanging out for as long as they have. And I like Vixen on Legends. But then it hits me. I'm like, wait, this isn't Mari McCabe, the one they set up on an episode of Arrow and yeah. two episodes of an animated show. So the Vixen we've had the longest isn't the Vixen they've set up. <laughs> I know. It's so fucking weird. Very weird. Yeah, so, I mean, Legends is weird, but again, I find it much more palatable. Uh, how have you been feeling about Flash this season? Eh, it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I think ever since Flashpoint, they've had a hard time getting their feet back on the ground. Yeah, I don't like that new hipster Wells, though. No, I hate him, too, and I think you're supposed to hate him. But at the same time, I kind of raise an eyebrow where I'm like, okay, so you spent all this time writing a background for new Wells... And a new status quo for him. If you were going to spend all that time writing, 
why didn't you just write a better reason for Earth Two Wells to stay? Yeah, yeah, I would have wouldn't have mind that he was a cool character. He was a really cool character, and he had a daughter who was also a hero. It, I think it was more of an issue of getting rid of her than it was getting rid of him. Yeah, well, they could have easily gotten rid of her. She, he just, ah, she disappeared in the Speed Force. Yeah, or she needed to go back home to defend it. I'm gonna stay here. I gotta yeah. give her her space and everything. I'm needed here. Yeah. It's it's like I respect the show for understanding that it's better with Tom Cavanaugh on it, and he really is like you know one of the secret ingredients into it. But I think they went about that all wrong this season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Julian Malfoy is pretty fun though. He's always trying to get five points taken away from Flash House. <laughs> what a dick! Like I I always imagine like Chief Singh yelling at him and being like, "Look, Julian, I don't know what they taught you at that dog and pony show Hogwarts, but here in Central City." <laughs> So, so which villain do you reckon he's going to turn into? Mm, they definitely made a point of saying, like, ooh, I, I, I don't hate uh, people with powers uh, because I think they're bad because they abuse them. I'm like, yeah, that guy's totally going to get powers. Yeah, Alchemy's going to give it to him. I bet he's going to become a speedster. I bet he's going to be closer to, like, the comic version of Hunter Zolomon, I imagine. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, maybe he's going to be like a like a reverse Flash or a Doctor Zoom or something. Right. They'll call him something different, but that's what they'll build him up to. They, they've already cast someone as that Savitar guy, haven't they? Ooh, uh, yeah, that's right. Savitar, another evil speedster with a yeah. speed cult. Because what yeah. you got to do, you got to worship that evil speed is what you got to do. That's uh, that's the new church I'm starting, Matt. We're gonna get tax exempt status. We're gonna start a speed church. Oh, is that where we just like take speed? <laughs> that's, you, see, Matt, this is why you're my second in command on this. You know exactly where I'm going before I go there. <laughs> it's like, oh, are we just gonna worship the speed force now? We're just gonna give all the people who follow us a bunch of speed. Yeah, <laughs> dissolved in Kool Aid. We're gonna get so much work done, Matt, when we give all these people speed. <laughs> they're gonna just be flying it's gonna be great it's gonna be great you're gonna see it's gonna be huge uh moving on from there to something that's not huge but it's big jesus christ i'm just on fucking fire with my segues tonight <laughs> uh the big hero 6 tv series on disney xd has managed to reunite most of the movie's cast for the new tv show that's cool. Who's not coming back? Uh, Damon Wayne's they couldn't get back because apparently he's busy making Haunted House 5 and Scary Movie 10 oh, and whatever else they that, need him. That, that's a shame. Yeah, apparently Damon Wayne's had better things to do or whichever Wayne's brother. I'm pretty sure it's, it's Damon. I'm pretty sure, yeah, there's too many of them because I'm pretty sure he's he's doing that Lethal Weapon TV show at the moment. Oh, oh so he had another paycheck he had. He couldn't take this one. And TJ Miller they replaced. Oh, T.J. Miller's busy doing, like, Silicon Valley and Deadpool, or probably not Deadpool. And uh, yeah, I can, understand. Whatever else. I can understand not getting Miller back, but beyond that, they got literally everybody else back for the TV. Awesome. Show. I'm kind of excited for Big Hero 6. I always, I, I enjoyed the movie. I didn't think mm. it was perfect, but I thought it would have been the great jumping-off point to do other stuff with it, and then they just didn't do other stuff with it for years. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, I thought they definitely were setting up for like a sequel and mm. or, or something for that. And then, yeah, as you said, they just now decided to do something with it. It kind of feels like striking while the iron was ice cold, doesn't it? <laughs> 
I mean, like, look, don't get me wrong. TV, especially TV animation, needs more action series. So I'm really hoping that's what this becomes. Yeah, I can just hope. I hope they keep up with the quality of it, though. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it, uh, the picture I saw looked to be more traditional animation, but I think it's still going to be CGI, right? I, I would imagine so. I would assume it would have to be, even if it's like a slightly cheaper TV CGI. Yeah. But they're doing cool stuff on TV now with CGI. I mean, look look how freaking good Rebels looks this season. Yeah, it's pretty good. Rebels looks goddamn beautiful this season. Like, I would say this season, some of the shots they've done, you know, rival stuff and even the best of uh, CG animated movies. Yeah. So yeah, more power to Big Hero 6. I hope it avoids the trap that a lot of the Marvel cartoons are doing right now where it's like, oh, well, it's got to be a comedy. You know, we got to make it really, really jokey, but like, you know, we got to aim for like lowest common denominator laughs. Yeah, they they should do make it a little bit more serious because like all the, all the members of the team are kind of teenagers, yeah. so... Just deal with teenage problems. Yeah, let's get not... some angst up in there. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's have them all write on their live journals about how much life sucks, and then, you know, they can listen to My Morning Jacket. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, and some Linkin Park. and <laughs> Crawling in my skin. Which, you know, we make that Linkin Park joke, Matt, but that shows our age as 20-somethings. I wonder, yeah. what, what do edgy, upset teens listen to now? Uh, if you are an edgy, upset teen or know anyone who is, please tell us in the comment section so we can Just update our references. Write onto your Tumblr and we'll find it. And <laughs> We've got the new caped intern working right now on the Tumblrs to find it. <laughs> he does a good job there, little Jimmy. Thanks, little Jimmy. Uh, now, moving on from there, again, we mentioned Deadpool earlier, and this, you know, is yet another piece of news that does not bode well for the sequel to Deadpool. Apparently, the composer, Junkie XL, has also left the sequel now. Oh, that's a shame. I don't know. I don't really like Junkie XL's music. I mean, I thought he did, neither do I, but I thought he did an okay job with Deadpool there. I mean, it had a good soundtrack. Really? What was it had a good soundtrack, it didn't have a good score. Mm, okay. There's a difference. Mm, that's fair, Matt. That's fair. I'll give you that one. I often don't make the difference between soundtracks and scores. You're right. I liked the choice of songs, but the actual background music. Yeah, it was very forgettable. Yeah, I, I can't now that you mention it, I'm like, well, okay, hum a piece of music from Deadpool. I, I can't do it. <laughs> if if I did, I would just be uh, humming Earth Angel or X Gonna Give It To You or any of these other songs that weren't by him. Yep. <laughs> well, shit. Still sad to see him leave, though. If he's uh, if if he's like you know not taking a paycheck on this one, then you know you know maybe maybe there's trouble. Yeah, and in his thing, I do, I do respect him for leaving because the guy who hired him, Tim Miller, left, mm. and he felt it probably wouldn't be. Very good without him. He's a he's but, a loyal man, that junkie XL. Yeah. You wouldn't think a man named Junkie would have such a high code of honor, but apparently he does. <laughs> so good on you, Junkie Extra Large. Yeah, but as I've been saying, like, I knew they were gonna like fuck up the sequel. They're gonna like throw as much money as they can at it because oh, if we throw more money at it, it'll make more money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's Fox. They fuck up everything. I'm also hearing weird theories now that are saying there that it was actually uh, 
what is it that uh, Tim Miller was actually the one corrupted by like the dark side of Hollywood that he wanted to make the sequel much more Hollywood and have a much broader appeal to where I'm like, mm, you know what, that's possible, but even if it is, I don't want to believe it. Well, the thing is, like, the guy had a career before Deadpool, though. Yeah. So it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. This this whole thing doesn't feel right, does it? It, it could have, it could definitely have been like maybe like an executive whispering in his ear. If you do this movie for this much, we can give give you all these other movies, and <laughs> you know, kind of tempting him a little bit. You're making it sound like that wheezy guy from Lord of the Rings. Yes, my king. Yes, yes. Oh. It's worm tongue. It's worm tongue. <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna call him Worm Tail, but I'm like, no, no, that's the Harry Potter guy. Well, who's the other wormy guy? <laughs> who's a piece of shit? <laughs> Yes, my lord, don't don't let Ryan Reynolds into the room now. He will only <laughs> deceive you. <laughs> only there was no one to come and cast that guy out. I cast you out from this film project. <laughs> you must go back, back to catering and never return. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's an unfortunate piece of news. But you know it's not an unfortunate piece of news, Matt? It actually is, seems like it's going to be really cool. We, uh, we have the full cast now for Steve Orlando's Justice League of America book. They added three new members a couple weeks ago. We never got a chance to talk to it, but Black Canary is going to be joining the team. Makes sense. They mm-hmm. are, after all, the TV-adjacent team. Lobo, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, proper Lobo, not Pretty Boy Lobo. Well, if you remember, eventually over time, Pretty Boy Lobo just morphed into... Uh, regular Lobo. <laughs> I, I hope he makes a joke about that. <laughs> he's got to. <laughs> I hope he's like, man, I was really into New Wave there for a minute. Thank God I got over that phase. <laughs> but believe it or not, there's actually a new member who's even more surprising and unexpected than Lobo, and that's Batman is going to be on this team. Is it, though? They say Batman. They're showing Batman on all the stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, no but is it really surprising? Okay, like, from a cold-hearted business standpoint, no, it's not. But from an artistic standpoint, yes, it's surprising. Because <laughs> I, I can guarantee he's going to he's gonna set up a team like he's going to be like, oh, my Batman team didn't work out, my sidekick <laughs> died, so I'm just going to set up a Justice League team. Dude, how many teams do you have? You have your Bat Family team. You had the Outsiders back in the day. You got the Justice League you know, he's the, got his Suicide Squad team. He's got a moment. Suicide Squad team. He's got Batman Inc. out there somewhere who we haven't heard mentioned in a long time. How many teams do you need, Bruce? <laughs> All of the teams. <laughs> I mean, Batman to me on this team just totally reeks of like an insurance policy where they're like, well, if we put Batman on it, then we'll never be canceled. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely sell books now, and if it's cancelled, it won't be his fault. <laughs> we legitimately want this book to last longer than five issues, so we put Batman on it. <laughs> it would be good if it's kind of like a swerve on Orlando's part, where Batman's in like the first page, and he's like, right, I'm going to go off to this better team over here, I, I and t- just leaves them. I totally see that happening, and I also feel that probably early on in the development of this book, it was supposed to be Green Arrow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because Black Canary's on it, Green Arrow's on TV. I bet you, I bet you a hundred bison dollars that it was originally supposed to be Green Arrow. And they're like, well, Green Arrow on TV is just poor man's Batman, but this is comics so we can have real Batman Batman. (laughs) Or as I kept saying, I would have loved it instead of Lobo and Batman. I would have loved to see Midnighter and Apollo 
on the two yeah. their places. Yeah, written by Orlando again. Oh, oh, how beautiful would that be? I mean, it would never happen because, again, they want this book to sell. But, oh, that would make my comic fan heart sore. Yeah. You know, if they if they, um, they didn't want to do Batman, they could have always just added someone like Duke to the team. Yeah. Heck, even Nightwing. Yeah, give, uh, give, yeah. give Dick some new teams. Yeah, or Clayface. Oh, or Talon, if we're just doing Dreamcasting now. <laughs> Put my boy Talon in there. He's ready to play. <laughs> yeah, we know he's been absent and hasn't done shit in forever, but put put him in, put him in, let him show what he's well, doing. Well, Luke Fox just turned up in the recent Detective Comics issue, so... He did, out of nowhere, and he's acting like a completely different character now. <laughs> he was never Talon. <laughs> no, because if you remember, like, old uh, old Batwing, back in the day, Luke Fox was, uh... He, he was kind of like a Peter Parker. He had Peter Parker problems, and now he's like a rich tech billionaire, ironically kind of like how Peter Parker is now in the comics. <laughs> so once again, frickin' uh, Luke Fox, a grand tradition of ripping off whatever Spider-Man is doing at the time. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a cool-looking team. I'm definitely excited for this one. I like Orlando's work, and I think you do too, Matt. Mm-hmm, I definitely do. I, I've always been a fan of, like, second-tier heroes, you know, the heroes who really have something to prove. And this is definitely a book where it's like, well, I wouldn't read about any of these characters individually, but together, though. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an interesting team build. Mm-hmm, I hope they get some good dynamics in there. Lobo makes me laugh, too, because this is such, like, the TV Justice League and the TV-adjacent <laughs> characters, do you think they have something planned for Lobo on television? If he does, he'll... Oh, I hope he appears in Supergirl. Oh, that would be amazing. Make, make it like that great Lobo-Superman episode from the animated series where he yeah. just shows up and starts causing trouble. He just tries to beat the shit out of people and doesn't end well. <laughs> like, look, I'll tell you this right now. I don't watch Supergirl regularly. I do watch it when big characters show up and everything, which is happening a lot recently. If Lobo shows up on Supergirl, I will watch every goddamn episode from there on out. <laughs> you should just start watching it. It's, it's, it's one, definitely one of the best DC TV shows. Everyone I hear is very pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, it's gotten so much better. Yeah, that move to CW really helped it out. Yeah, and I think including characters like Superman, Metallo, Monel, and all that is really helping it as well. It feels like a super family show now. Yep. And yet they don't steal focus from the main character, which is pretty cool. No, it's definitely a Supergirl show. That's a pretty bold feat to be like, yeah, we'll have Superman show up in Supergirl, but he won't steal her lightning, though. Nah. He'll be awesome, but he won't steal her lightning. That's that's huge. Like, you couldn't do that with Batman. Like, if you had a Batman show or a Batman-related show where he shows up, everything would just have to become about Batman. Oh, yeah, suddenly there'd be a five-episode arc. Batman is the main character. You never see, you know, Green Arrow anymore or mm. Flash or something. Shit, to his eternal credit, though, I will say uh, Ghost Rider has taken over Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a pretty interesting way. <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty cool to his eternal credit I love me some Robbie and I love that the last couple episodes have been so Ghost Rider heavy yeah how about that Johnny Blaze though oh my god he he, he was the devil holy shit I never even expected that they paced that reveal so beautifully when Gabe's like don't you remember what happened next the good Samaritan he came up on his motorcycle and you're like no no <laughs> then you hear the crunching of his feet and you see his boots then finally they show his face and I'm like fuck 
<laughs> it's him, it's the guy, it's the man. Although, it would have been funny if it was just like Nicolas Cage. Oh my god, he's like, hey kid, it's me, it's up to you now. <laughs> you gotta carry the devil, son. Now I gotta leave to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Bye. I love you, Nicolas Cage. Please come and do our show one day. We know you're a big comic book fan. Yeah, he's a big Superman fan. He's like the biggest Superman fan. He named one of his kids goddamn Kal-El. Yep. You know he's got a giant boner for Superman. We also know you're a major mover and shaker in the world of buying comics. Like, he moves the entire market depending on what he buys and sells. Mm-hmm. See, that's a movie someone needs to make. Nicolas Cage needs to steal a bunch of valuable comics from Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and only he can do it. But, but wait, is Nicolas Cage a character in this movie, stealing from himself? Or we don't know. We don't know. We're just following around with a camera. We don't know. And we'll get Nicolas Cage to be played by John Travolta. <laughs> or no, uh, what is it? We need, uh, we need Green Goblin. We need, uh, what's his face? <laughs> Willem Dafoe. We need Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe is Nicolas Cage. Ah, <laughs> oh, Antichrist. Yeah, sleep. Now that's a movie right there. That's an Oscar contender is what that is. They might need to create a brand new category just so that one can win an award. What <laughs> batshit insane Chris, uh, Nicolas Cage impression. Yeah, the, the what the fuck were they thinking award. <laughs> Nicolas Cage just likes being in movies, Matt. He, he does. He does like ten a year. <laughs> I, I passed like three of them on Netflix today that I've never seen before. I'm like, who has time to be in all these movies? <laughs> it's easy when you don't act when the scripts just become real. <laughs> That's what he does. But uh, moving away from Nicolas Cage, a favorite topic of the comic multiverse. Truly, Nick Cage is the patron saint of the comic multiverse. But uh, we actually do have another story here, and this is a bit of a sad one, and also kind of funny depending on how you look at it. But the Flash movie has lost its second director for the for in a year. They've lost two now. It. What? <laughs> I feel like this new story needs to be accompanied by a wah-wah two directors and, in one year. Yeah, and I think it's also something to do with like the TV show and the success that's had. People don't really want another, a Flash movie with a different Flash. And mm. like, I think we actually... Did we talk about this not last week, the week before? We might have. About... Um, I think I think it was with you or, or with someone else I was talking with. The, the, the guys on the Flash show were asked about not being in the movie and everything, mm -hmm. and um, Zack Snyder said some bullshit, foolish comment. No, and, really, Zack Snyder. And, <laughs> that eloquent it, gent of a man. <laughs> and it, and it set off um the guy who plays Wells. Of course. Oh, uh, Tom Cavanaugh. Saying he he, call, he called him arrogant if he thinks that Gustin couldn't fit in with that DC universe. God, I love Tom Cavanaugh. He's a, he's a fucking beast. He's, he's a great. cool guy. He's great. He's just the sort of guy who would say that, too, because he's an older actor who just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, look, I played three different characters in three different seasons. I am a goddamn actor, Zack Snyder. Come at me, bro. <laughs> I don't care. But, yeah, I mean, that's... 
to me, because this is yet another instance where it's like, well, why did he leave? That old chestnut of creative differences. And all I can say is, it's the goddamn Flash. He runs fast. How many creative differences could you have on this project? Well, that's the thing. I've heard news outlets, and I'm pretty, I'm sure this is just like the fanboys trying to make up a reason why they hate Rick Fumiyiwa now. Even though um, they loved him a minute ago and hated the yeah, previous it's, guy. It's the exact same thing. It's it's always the same thing with these people. Um but um they were saying that he wanted to make the flash edgy and uh, oh. I'm like like he wouldn't have been kicked for that. If anything, he would probably be awarded more movies mm-hmm. for making trying to make him edgy in the DCEU. <laughs> I mean, heck, from what we've seen of Ezra Miller as the Flash, he's the only character who seems to actually be human in that Justice League <laughs> thing. He made a joke and he smiled and he watches <laughs> Rick and Morty clearly. <laughs> and he walks not like a robot. Yeah, yeah, he actually seems like one of those humans that you hear about. <laughs> Not one of these cold, emotionless robot people who we see around. <laughs> so now I guess we'll find out which bottom of the barrel director they'll get now. Yeah. I, I mean, did, didn't he make like a really good movie? Uh, Rick, for his last name escapes me. Yeah. Uh, he made Dope. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I actually went out and saw Dope and enjoyed it. And I'm like, man, this guy should probably make a good movie. And now he's not going to be making that movie. But at least I'm glad I watched Dope. And and the thing is, like he he was really involved in everything on that movie, and he was really open to the fans about it as mm. well. Shit. So I don't know what the hell went on there. Shit, you know, talking about this DC thing totally makes me remember. Uh, we didn't talk about the new Wonder Woman trailer. There was a new Wonder Woman trailer. Oh yeah, it was a great trailer True. up until the point that fucking guitar riff came in. Again, man, it's a great soundtrack, but it does not make me think Wonder Woman that it has a rocking guitar. I know. The thing is, the soundtrack for this trailer was great up until that point. And I'm sure someone is yelling at me right now going, God, Joel, it's a cello, not a guitar. Well, it's the most rockin' electric cello I've ever heard. Yeah. Also, that, that little bit of comedy, quote-unquote, after that, the, the logo appeared was kind of cheesy and fell flat. Burn, oh, the, the bit with Etta? Yeah. See, I like that. I like Etta because, again, she seems like a human being. She's a cornball. I like that. That's how she is in the comics for the most part. <laughs> I actually kind of dug that. I'm like, oh, wow, look, some humanity seeping into this. That's fun. I'll tell you the thing I didn't quite enjoy. Uh, it's really early on. It's it's the first thing Wonder Woman says where she's like, I used to want to save the world. And I'm like, G- you're a superhero. You have one job. Why don't you want to save the world? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, this actually got me thinking, like, because of that trailer. And, like, so, like, now they can't actually make any um, JSA or society movies or anything mm. set during World War II because, like, that would have given Diana a reason to come back, you know. <laughs> but she didn't come back until Batman vs. Superman, mm. which is set in 2016. And fuck that. Fuck. I think we can both <laughs> agree. not going to get a society movie. I think we can both agree that they were never going to do society. I know, but like it would have fit in with the whole gritty thing because it's during World War Two and it's quite, it's a terrible time in the history of the world mm-hmm. and it could have been pretty cool, but yet they, again, they fucked it. Yet again, we get the Justice Society on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get them on TV, but not in the movie. Yeah, it's a cool trailer. Again, I have the same worries that I always have with these DC movies. And that is, are you going to spend the entirety of the runtime trying to make me take it seriously instead of trying to make me enjoy it? 
Yeah, and also these DC movies never trust the trailer. Mm-hmm. The never. last they all had excellent trailers. Yeah, never trust the editing in these trailers. Credit where credit is due, they all had excellent trailers up until this point. I mean, hell, I'll still go back and watch that Suicide Squad trailer. That's a wonderful trailer, the one set to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, and look at the first Man of Steel trailer. It's amazing. Chills. Gives you chills. It's beautiful. And then the movie come out. Also, too, ever since Suicide Squad, I'm extra worried now towards like, oh, you, you might actually have a good movie but you might just fuck it later in editing. Yeah, yeah, like, like exactly like the Suicide Squad trailer. How they got, they got the people that cut those trailers mm-hmm. to edit the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want you to do that again. Yeah, that's that's really bad. And and again with like reshoots. Well, reshoots are good. That's also extra time for the for the execs to come in and, and put metal. their fingers in all the pies and everything. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know what? It's okay, Matt, because if we don't like it, and if it's not good, six months later they'll come out with the definitive DVD version that will be the real version. That's true. Even though... It, I, I was actually talking with people about this before on Twitter earlier today, because we also got news about uh, Steppenwolf in oh, yes. uh, Justice League and who he's going to be played by. But in that article, they said that he's going to be completely different from how he was in that uh, deleted scene. The deleted scene, which is in the ultimate cut, therefore mm. making the ultimate cut uh, defunct. You can't use that as the proper, quote-unquote, version of the movie because it, it features a character who's going to be completely redesigned. So, But 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 ultimate cut, though. It said ultimate. Zack Snyder said it's the real cut, though. So then why are they changing things in the next movie? <laughs> what, do, what was the actor they got to play Steppenwolf? I forgot this one happened, too. I must have just gone blind, um, deaf, and drunk for a minute. I can't remember his name, but he's, he, was in, he was the guy who played Mace uh, Rider in um, Game of Thrones. Oh, Mance uh, Rider. Yes, Mance Rider. Yes, that guy. He's good. I like him. Yeah. He definitely seems like a Steppenwolf. Man, between him and Jason Momoa, this DC Cinematic Universe is just raiding the entire Game of Thrones cast, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, we really wanted Brienne of Tarth to play Wonder Woman, but she wouldn't do it. <laughs> we tried really hard to get her, but she was like, nah. Even though that woman, if you've ever seen her in person, and I have, she is an actual goddamn Amazon. She is eight feet tall, built. She is. She towers over everybody. Yeah, she's big. Yeah, she is. She is a. She's not just an Amazon. She is super glamorous and ladylike. She is a glamazon, is what she is. <laughs> she will a modern Amazon. <laughs> a modern Amazon. She could probably kick my ass and then also run down the clothes I was wearing. <laughs> so stripes don't go with singles, son. You're not accessorizing properly, and then just drops an elbow on me and cracks my sternum. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, I'm sorry. I'll try and do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah from there to some marvel netflix news uh misty knight karen page and as we found out today colleen wing are all going to be joining the cast of the defenders yeah that's pretty cool so that's the entirety of the daughters of the dragon now we have in defenders which already i'm thinking ooh, if they're popular they're probably going to spin that off into a show i wouldn't be surprised i love me some daughters of the dragon i would totally watch that yeah. In fact, I think it would hit really well, especially if you had robot-armed Misty Knight, two cool kung fu ladies. I think that would actually sell really well. Make it like a modern-day Charlie's Angels. I think that would actually hit a cool chord. 
It would, and like, but like with these shows, they've all had sort of a genre. What genre would you make it? Well, so, I, so like Daredevil's been like that crime, mm-hmm, noir. Yeah, and you know we've got um, Luke Cage, which is kind of like that exploitation mm-hmm, sort of thing. Seventies, yeah. Yeah. What would that be? What would the Daughters of the Dragon show be? Well, again, I would make it kind of like a spy show. I would have them like jump in all over the place and everything. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Although, then again, we haven't really had a globe-trotting one of these shows yet, have we? They've all been pretty stuck in New York, but with good reason. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're street level. Yeah, I, I think that, that looks to change with um, Iron Fist. Mm, yeah. Since I think we actually go see him when he's over in Asia and whatnot. Yeah, he is traveling around the world. But, uh, yeah, they've mostly been pretty self-contained to a couple of blocks of New York. Did you know in 2001 they were apparently developing a Daughters of the Dragon TV series that never made it? Really? Yeah, so they were actually kind of interested in it, and I think the pitch was actually something akin to let's do a modern-day Charlie's Angels, but, you know, with maybe, comic characters. Maybe they were scared off by the sh- by that Birds of Prey show around mm. on at that time. <laughs> mm, yeah, that would scare anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be scared. We'd all be scared. Uh, man, we're talking about a lot of great news that I completely missed. I'm, I'm glad we do this the way we do, and we haven't even gotten to the big topic yet. Uh, one last thing we had, again, because we talked endlessly about uh, Tim Miller and the status on the Deadpool movie. I thought this would be a funny little palate cleanser before we got to the Doctor Strange stuff. Oh, no, wait, we actually had more after that. I just looked at my thing. We have even more. Uh, Tim Miller supposedly... The project he's working on right now, him and his company are working on developing a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> I know, right? How can you not laugh at that? If and like, I probably won't even see this movie, but if I will watch. Made. I will watch Christian rage about oh it on God. the internet. So that yeah, that alone justifies its existence right there. Just to see how this one man reacts to it, that justifies it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's going to be good. I hope they make Sonic's arms blue so he goes and maces a GameStop employee again. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of completely sane, <coughs> excuse me, you know, completely sane, completely, you know, well-adjusted Sonic the Hedgehog fans, but on the internet, you sure don't seem to run into many. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't, and it's kind of like, if for you know, people who love schadenfreude and people who love people watching... Mm, the Sonic fan base. <laughs> oh, they're fun. And even game makers are catching on to it now. Remember that, like, Sonic Dreams collection that they came out with? I th- I think so. It was like a big parody thing. It was like a big, long-winded, like, joke game. Oh, okay. And I mean, hey, with a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, who who wouldn't love that? I would assume because Tim Miller is working on it, because, you know, he works in making, like, a... Uh, CGI animated stuff. I would assume a Sonic the Hedgehog movie would be like uh, would be a cartoon. Would it? They wouldn't be live action. Oh, I would imagine it would be animated. Yeah. I hope to God it's not live action. How creepy would that be? <laughs> it's so weird. Danny DeVito is Sonic the Hedgehog. Hey, I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. Let's eat some fucking chili dogs and run fast. And then we just find out it's just some, like, drug-induced hallucination <laughs> from his character on It's Always Sunny. And Michael Sarah is Miles Prower, a.k.a. Tails. Hey, hey, this is Sonic. I'm just going to fly around real fast. We're going to get in the rings. And it's all, it's all, it's all going to be good. <laughs> good job, Michael Sarah. Good read, buddy. 
<laughs> Go take five. You did good. <laughs> who, uh, who would play Dr. Eggman in our movie while we're doing this? Oh, I don't know. I'd say Philip Seymour Hoffman, but sadly he's no longer with us anymore. No. Who oh, you... they could always like CGI him like they did Marlon Brando in Superman Returns. It's true. And Rain Wilson is... <laughs> Doctor, that, that, I, that I would watch Dr. Eggman Robotic it's just him yelling and throwing stuff <laughs> and I'm gonna build some fucking robots <laughs> I can't do a Rain Wilson impression I don't know what he sounds like just, just do your, your, your Dwight Schrute impersonation oh there you go shit man speaking of Rain Wilson I went back and rewatched Galaxy Quest the other day because it was on Netflix and I like to have stuff in the background while I work there's a young ass Rain Wilson in the background of that movie yeah, he's one of those aliens isn't he he is he's like alien number three yeah I don't even think he has any speaking lines in that movie it's kind of amazing to see where his career would go from background actor to like actor actor yeah it's great Mm-hmm, definitely. So, uh, yeah, that's that for you. There's a fun little story. Uh, another bit here that I'm sure Matt and I could get a couple chuckles at. Did you see there was some Suicide Squad concept art that showed up uh, on the internet just recently? I saw some of it. I don't know whether I saw all of it, though. Basically, what it was is that the Enchantress was supposed to look a lot better and a lot more like the traditional comic book counterpart. Oh, that that sounds about right. The bit that made me laugh, though, was the bit with the Joker. Apparently, he was supposed to look like the Joker, but moreover than that, he was also supposed to look like the Joker from the Brian Azzarello book called Joker. Yeah, the one with the like the big coat and the, mm. the bow tie and mm. everything. Just to remove any doubt that that's not exactly what they based it on in the movie from literally giving him the henchman Johnny Frost to making him a crime guy again instead of, like, a traditional supervillain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's nice to know that when they were adapting this movie, they're like, hmm, what should we base the Joker character on? Uh, well, this book is called Joker, so let's do that. <laughs> we just picked up this book called Joker, and we thought, yep, this is fine. This is perfectly representative of everything the character stands for. Uh, did you do any other research there, Bill? No, no, oh, we just got oh. this one book. We, we saw that one page that Zack Snyder brought in when he was doing Batman vs. Superman on Dark Knight Returns, <laughs> and, it had, and it had Joker in a white suit, so we'll do that as as well i love this idea that dc and warner brothers and the powers that be they just look at pages they don't actually read them and they're like this is fine this is perfectly suitable i i said to someone they have like their their interns like make up <laughs> like, like like a mood board for them of just like pictures from the comics and like of the, like which looks fucking awesome that's all Zack Snyder says to him. Get me pictures that look fucking awesome. We're not going to put any time and effort to see, you know, what, what the characters are like, how all these pieces fit together. We're just going to do images and hope that the rest takes care of itself. Yeah, and, and then when, you know, it doesn't, we'll just say, you know, Batman killed by proxy. Yeah. That, that'll work. That'll work. And, and we're being honest to the material. Look, look at these pictures. Look at these funny book pictures for kids. Look, we, we made it look like the thing in here. Yeah, but you didn't understand why, though. It's okay. I never, I never changed the canon. I never, I never changed, changed the canon. I never changed the canon, man. Matt, when we get that T Public store up, and God willing, we were, we gotta put that on a T-shirt. I never changed the canon with like a little picture of Zack Snyder on it. 
Okay, I'm, I'll get working on that. <laughs> Matt's like, I'm working on that right now. <laughs> Speaking of TeePublic, they, they had a sale just recently, another one of those great $14 sales that they have, and I finally got the classic Fleischer Superman shirt that I was after. Oh, nice. I really wanted that one because, you know, it, it had come back into prominence back there shortly in DC, uh, DCU when Superman lost his powers and he started wearing that one again. Uh, that's awesome. And I got my head shaved just recently, so there's like a completely ghetto cosplay I could do. I could just throw on a faded pair of jeans, my shaved <laughs> head and that Superman shirt, wrap up my knuckles and be like, oh, I'm powerless Superman. <laughs> uh, it's rough. I need some change. I can't fly anymore. Can, uh, can you Justice League guys give me some change? <laughs> can I have some change for the bus? John, John Jones, I know you got some change for the bus, man. Come on. <laughs> I need it. But, uh, yeah, moving on from there to some Marvel news, R.L. Stein, the famous Goosebumps author, is apparently all set to pen an unnamed Marvel project in the future. It'll be something to do with Monsters Unleashed. You would assume so, right? You could only uh, draw that conclusion. The dude's like 70, and this is going to be his first comic. Isn't that kind of amazing? That's pretty awesome. I'm surprised he hasn't done anything comic-related. Mm. In, you know, however long he's been writing books. Yeah, he was too busy, you know, being the Stephen King of children's literature is what he was doing. I suppose so. They're trying to pump out all those books because, you know, there's the goosebumps that we know. There's also, like, Fear Street and Tales from the Nightmare Room and, like, a bunch of other ones. Yeah, there's some ones that I've never even heard of. Yeah, apparently he just never stopped. He just pumped out those books endlessly, which you gotta respect for a dude his age to still be working and still be doing new shit. Yeah. Because I'll tell you this right now, Matt. When I hit 70, I'm not doing anything new. <laughs> if, if God willing, I make it to 70 and we got those moon colonies and the giant robots and everything, I ain't doing anything new. <laughs> I'm living in my retirement community, my children probably not speaking to me anymore. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. But my kids, Joel Jr. Jr., Epsilon... And uh, I'm, tr I'm trying to think, like, if I had a girl, what's a funny name I would give a girl? Oh, uh, and Cora. Yeah, yeah, they don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> Clearly, we know who the favorites were in that one between Joel Jr., Jr., Epsilon, and Cora. <laughs> I was this close to calling you Harley Quinn, girl. <laughs> don't be mad at me. But, uh, but, but from my future children who are mad at me... To something that uh, I'm sure we'll get a laugh at, and this is the this is the last piece before we'll get to the Doctor Strange spoiler cast. And holy shit, we've been talking for almost an hour. Uh, Doug Lyman, who of course uh, left another big superhero project to go helm Justice League Dark, uh, he gave an interview and he said the very very I'm, I'm trying to think what's the proper word to describe this. pretentious pretentious yeah yeah i would say either pretentious or just like mm, you know maybe maybe you should have picked a better word he's basically like yeah justice league dark will turn comic book movies on their head <laughs> doesn't like everyone say that though they do they but always gonna change the fabric of what a movie is you don't even know man you don't even know it's gonna blow some fucking minds man the thing is like they Anything they do now will just be like, well, you know, Doctor Strange did that. Especially for a movie like this where it's like, wasn't, wasn't Del Toro attached to this? And then yeah. it stopped? Oh, God. God, if it was a, his movie, if it was a Del Toro Justice League Dark movie. Yeah, I'd, oh. actu I'd actually believe it if Del Toro said it. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it's like, who are you, man? Who are you, Doug Lyman, who couldn't make Gambit work for whatever reason, but now you're <laughs> going to turn comic book movies on their head with Justice League Dark? Yeah, it didn't really work with that, you know, Edge of Tomorrow. There was nothing really special about that. Which one was Edge of Tomorrow again? Um, the Tom Cruise movie. Oh, oh I, I, I really like that one. Yeah, I, I liked it, but there was nothing really special about it. I mean, it, it took a bunch of anime tropes that Westerners aren't used to ch uh, seeing, but then again, I would have liked the movie better if instead of being called Edge of Tomorrow, they kept the name from the anime manga and called it All You Need Is Kill. Oh, you can't do that because, you know, the mums and the kids mm. don't like that. <laughs> what 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 mum is bringing their kids to Edge of Tomorrow? The same one who brings their kids to the Sausage Party. Oh, 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 that's a bad parent. Actually, didn't they change the name of Edge of Tomorrow on DVD? Wasn't that like a big like rigmarole that they changed the name to something different because they were hoping it would get more people interested? I don't know. I don't know. I think they did, but yeah. But yeah, there's something like kind of, it's, it's like an emperor, uh, like the emperor has no clothes thing, to come out there and just bold-facedly declare that this movie will change your mind, you know, this will blow, this will blow heads, man, this will blow your ass and your butt all at the same time. So if it doesn't, can we, like, sue him for, um, like, false advertising? Only in America, Matt. We can't in Canada and Australia. We would need to get at our, our American friends to do that, where you can sue anybody for everything. <laughs> That's true. D damn our legal systems that don't get clogged up with this shit, right? <laughs> they really do have the freedom of choice over there. The freedom to sue anybody and everybody. <laughs> but yeah, with that out of the way, everyone, that'll do it for the news for both this week and last week. Jesus Christ, we got, we got basically a whole show in here and we haven't even gotten to the spoiler cast yet. So for those of you who have to check out... Feel free to check out now. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll hope you come back later after you've seen Doctor Strange, or if you just simply don't care. We're going to get into our spoiler cast right now. Yeah. Yeah, so Doctor Strange. It was pretty good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I don't know what else you can say about Marvel movies at this point. There is a level of quality in which they reach. And this one reached the level of quality. It was an enjoyable time at the movies. I, I'll say this much, Matt. I saw it in 3D. Did you see it in 3D? No, no, I only saw it in standard IMAX. Mm. I'm usually pretty fucking salty about 3D movies because they're like, nah, you know, you, you know, tricks and everything, you know, and you should be able to make <laughs> a movie and, you know, be able to connect without the need of visual trickery and stuff like this. But when I went in there and I paid the extra money for it, I'm like, okay, I'm really glad I saw this in 3D. Yeah, it seems like a movie that sort of lends itself to 3D. It really, really does. Probably more than just about any other Marvel movie they've made so far. And I'll say, too, uh, you know that new Marvel Studios logo they have up? It's all cool. They show the Avengers and everything. Yeah. Doctor Strange is only the second 3D movie I've ever seen in my life. So when that opening bit was coming up, and there's the bit where Captain America throws his shield at the screen... Mm -hmm. I, I may have jumped like a giant pussy. Oh, God, the shield's coming right at me. <laughs> I don't want to die like all those Hydra agents with a shield sticking out of my head. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, Doctor Strange, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch, playing the character that he was more or less born to play, the character that he's more or less perfected on Sherlock, the lovable dick hero. Oh, he's fantastic in that. Uh, what did you think he's about absolute... it? Or no, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, he's really great in, in the movie and in Sherlock. 
He sure is, which actually we're going to be getting more Sherlock soon, actually. They've actually set a date for that now. Awesome. What uh, What did you think of his American accent? Because I know when they said Benedict Cumberbatch, I'm like, oh, well, of course he's going to be British in the movie, only to be shocked to find out, oh, no, wait, he's not being British. He's actually doing an American accent. It, it was possible, ju- just. Yeah, he, there were a couple of times where he kind of slipped out of it a little bit. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that, because there's moments where, you know, he's really stressing those R's. Yeah, I think I think maybe maybe in the next next whatever he's in next, it might be a bit different because he's had time to adjust to mm. it. Because he's never really done one before; he's mm. always played the British character. Yeah, this is his first time uh, really Americaning it up. Cheeseburgers, Christine, sorcerers, <laughs> vitamins. No, 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 Benedict. It's it's vitamins, Al- aluminium. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. We have the same problem with Hugo weaving and schedule. They just can't do it. <laughs> no matter how hard we try. Uh I mean this yeah, as you mentioned before, visually, this is definitely one of the most impressive Marvel movies they've ever done. I mean, you know, they got like MC Escher shit in here, they got Dolly shit. I think Steve Ditko would be very happy with uh with what they did with this. Oh, definitely. They like pretty much pulled what he did with Doctor Strange and like the the other dimensions that mm-hmm. he visits from the comics onto the screen. Yeah, they definitely make it a trip fest is what they do. It's a treat for the eyes. Although I'll say this, Matt, and maybe this is controversial. I mentioned this in my own review. I had the most fun in the movie when they were actually just doing the magic learning stuff and focusing on the school stuff. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. In a weird way, I'm almost like, mm, I wish Doctor Strange had taken a page out of the Harry Potter playbook where, like, every movie is just a school year and they work the villain stuff <laughs> in at the end. I almost kind of wish they did that. And furthermore, where it's another, okay, we got to save the whole world now. I'm like, okay, it's good that they're showing that, you know, Doctor Strange, he's a force to be reckoned with and he can save the whole world. I would have been happy with just saving the school, honestly. Yeah, I wouldn't have mind that. Like, yeah, like the end of this movie is the part where Caecilius attacks it mm-hmm. or something. That that had been pretty cool. Some uh, some cool cameos in here. You have to read the credits to really appreciate them. But uh, that uh, that jerk doctor, Doctor Nick, no, not Doctor <laughs> Nick Riviera. Uh, that, that was actually Nicodemus West. That's the villain from the Oath. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty pretty sizable Doctor Strange villain, which it's funny, a lot of Doctor Strange's best villains are just like dark mirrors to him, and Nicodemus West in The Oath is like the corporate Doctor Strange. <laughs> I know, I know, I had people telling me, because I, I haven't read The Oath in ages and kind of forgotten everything about it, but um, the, the scene where Strange is... He goes to Christine, and Christine's, like, mm-hmm. giving him the defibrillator. Apparently, that's straight from the comic. It is. That's right out of the oath. Although, it wasn't Christine. It was the other night nurse. It was Claire Temple doing the surgery. <laughs> well, she can't do that. She's busy with Luke Cage she's, and she's the others. busy burning <laughs> Luke Cage in acid. She can't go operate on him. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought that was clever that they swapped one night nurse for another. I'm like, oh, that's that's clever. That's cool. I like that they did that. Uh some other ones. You remember the guy who got killed defending the New York Sanctum? Mm-hmm. Did you catch? Yeah, him? that was Daniel Drum. Yeah, that was that was brother Voodoo's I I brother. I don't think he got killed though, because I remember near the they said they've taken him to the to the temple in Ka, uh, Tamakaj. Oh, so he might I, not be they, dead. 
Yeah, so he might not be dead yet. Because I know one of the drums is going to be in that Runaway show. Oh, yeah. I I was thinking, like, even just sequel potential. Like, how cool would it be if they're like, hey, Doctor Strange, meet Brother Voodoo? That'd be pretty cool. Because Brother Voodoo was also Sorcerer Supreme for a bit. That'd be pretty cool. Ben just didn't do jack shit with him, but it would be fun to see him (laughs) show up. Uh, I also got to take my hat off to Twedgil Ford. I thought he was a kick-ass Mordo. Oh, he was so good. And um, I said in my review, like, he's really sympathetic. Yeah, he's so good for so long that even as a comic fan, I forgot. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got to go bad, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 exactly. You're like, oh, this this is going to be bad when this guy actually has to turn evil. I, I was, the thing is, he's turning evil as well for, for a really good reason yeah, as well. Yeah, like I was actually – like I was visually upset and like my friend who I went to the movie with even saw it. When we waited to the post credit and we see Mordo kill that guy, I'm like, "Oh, that sucks." <laughs> he was such a good, good. They basically make him Steven's best friend. Yeah, yeah. Which makes me think when they eventually do do a sequel to this, that's gonna be such like a harder blow when Mordo comes back as a villain because you've seen the friendship build between these two in a whole other movie. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna hit you like a ton of bricks. Uh, Swinton, of course, really good. I mean, she's she's channeling that Frank Oz Yoda for a lot of these speeches. She's doing her old "Do or do not." There is no try. Yeah, she was really wise, but also at the same time quite funny. Yeah, and like really, um, oh, what's the word? I guess approachable. Mm-hmm. She, someone you could see yourself just talking with. Yeah, she was a, she was an ancient one of the people. And they even work in a great gag early on in the movie when he comes to Carmitage and he sees like an older Asian man with like a Fu Manchu yeah. and he's like, oh, ancient one. Oh, no, wait, that's not you. Really? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's a good joke. See Robert Cargill. That's a good joke. I like that. <laughs> that they're lampshading the whole thing where it's like, aha, you thought it was this guy, but it was actually this guy. <laughs> Because, of course, that was a big thing before the movie even started. They had to take out a bunch of references to Tibet and everything because they sort of kind of wanted the movie to do well in China because China watches a lot of movies, so they move it to the more neutral Nepal. But I liked the move because now the wizard school is kind of like a all-you-people rainbow coalition of magic users from all over the world. Yeah, and, and it again, it like shows in the movie because we got yeah, obviously Doctor Strange. We've got Chiwetel's character, mm-hmm. uh, Caecilius, who's obviously... European, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we got like all these different characters coming to this school. Mm-hmm. It was it was a nice touch. I definitely liked it. Made the world feel bigger and everything. Mm. Uh, what else was I gonna say? Oh, Wong. We got to mention Wong. I I I had a big old smile on my face when Stephen Strange met Wong for the first time because as a comic fan, you know the relationship these two have and you know their history. And it's like it would be like Batman meeting Alfred for the first time. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, he's such a good character in this, and I, I love Benedict Wong as an actor as well. Yeah, he, uh, he was on a whole nother level in this one. He delivers a lot of the comedy relief, but not in the way you think he would. The joke is is that he's completely humorless. Yeah, he's kind of like Drax. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. He's completely humorless, more or less right up until the end. And I thought, like, you know, because all the Marvel movies are funny. It's one of their secret weapons. It's one of the reasons, you know, I think they've been embraced by the broader pop culture. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange plays it differently in the way that most of the jokes are really corny, but on purpose. 
Yeah, exactly. Because Strange himself is kind of corny, because he's a doctor. How many truly hilarious doctors do you know? Yeah, he does. He does. He doesn't have a really good bedside manner. No, like none of them are knee slappers. They're all like kind of corny, and I'm like, I like that because we have so many like wry smartass comedians in the Marvel universe. I like that he's different. That it's like a different type of comedy. Yeah, it's almost an anti-comedy they're running with. <laughs> Doctor Strange Two: The Nomnody Edition. <laughs> Uh, but what else did you like about it, Matt? I feel like I'm talking a lot. I'm going to give you a chance um, to get on in there. Uh, I liked that uh, Dormammu, he was in the movie, but really wasn't. He was in it just enough. Yeah, he was like the big force that obviously Strange is going to fight in the next movie. or may, like I have a theory that maybe he's going to be in Infinity War and going to be partners with Thanos. He should be an Avengers villain because that's like one of the villains where it's like you're done with Thanos. You could easily threaten the whole world with Dormammu. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and, and the stuff with the, the, the time gem was really cool as well. With Strange learning about that and learning how to use it and... The, the sequence in to- in uh, Hong Kong was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole, uh, like, final battle with Dormammu, where it, it plays out like a video game where, like, Doctor Strange keeps respawning over and over again. He, he had an extra man. He had a game genie. I, I like that, that the battle, the end battle, wasn't a, you know, fighting fisticuff battle. It was just Doctor Strange outsmarting the villain. It was a war of attrition, and I like that too because I felt every other time in the movie, I'm like, okay, I'm glad you threw a cool kung fu fight my way because it looks really awesome. But at the same time, I feel Doctor Strange should be different, and I like that they made him a little different. The, the one issue I had with like making the Eye of Agamotto also the time gem is that the movie kind of awkwardly strained to make itself about time because he got the whole thing with his watch and everything that he keeps carrying around. Yeah, well, like the watch thing, I originally thought that may- maybe he was going to, like, use his powers somehow to repair it. Mm, yeah. And that it was kind of going to signify him repairing himself. Yeah. But they, but in really, really, he never did repair himself, so the watch stayed the same. Yeah, I, th- I thought the, the theme of time was just a little bit clumsy. And, like, again, I, this is just me talking here. Maybe you didn't feel the same. The idea that the magic he learned ultimately didn't save the day it was the magic of the infinity gem that saved the day in the end i'm kind of like oh it's it's again it's like you were playing with the cheats on (laughs) but but then they kind of spin it too to where he actually doesn't take the eye of agamotto at the end in fact he doesn't become sorcerer supreme at the end of it he's just dr strange it really makes me think they're building this to be a big trilogy that they held off on all those dr strangeisms yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And I think obviously the the eye is going to play a big part in Infinity War. All the more um, reason he probably couldn't have it on his person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's an Infinity Stone. You can't just go wandering New York with an Infinity Stone <laughs> on your person. It's weird That's enough to does it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um but yeah, I, I imagine it's going to play a bigger part. And maybe by Infinity War, he's just going to keep it on his person because mm. he'll realize it's safer there, maybe. Because it's like, it's his, right? Like, that's his thing. That's his thing he has. Yeah, and he knows how to use it. Uh, really clever stuff with the Cloak of Levitation, basically making it the magic carpet from Aladdin. That was pretty inspired. That was, that was such a cool character. It that was. Co- that cloak. He that was... fight scene he has with that um, with Scott Atkins. 
where he like beats him up mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. keep him off of Strange, and then I think kills him, and then his spirit goes after Strange, which is cool. That uh, that was an interesting touch too. How Doctor Strange dealt with death. It really deals with it in like in a way that none of the other Marvel movies did. If I gave it the biggest credit, it would probably be for that because you know Doctor Strange isn't an assassin or a super soldier or a rage monster. He is a doctor. He has taken an oath to do no harm, and it really eats him up inside that a dude got killed on his watch, even if it was justifiable and even if it was a total accident. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of broken up about it, and that, that's something yeah we've never seen before. It's a really nice touch because you know the Marvel movies hit this really kind of interesting, like, chord where they're like, yes, you know, we have soldiers and assassins and everything, you know, they don't aim to kill people, but death does happen. And, you know, because these are, like, people we're dealing with here and not, like, you know, demigods with greater power that buys them, you know, a greater set of responsibility and, you know, a greater reason to not kill. It's cool to see them kind of hit that headlong in this, and I hope they do that more. Yeah, yeah, it was really great, really unique. Especially because we don't have Reed Richards, I would like to see Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe become a Reed Richards-esque character in the way that he grapples with the morality of his actions and, you know, the multiverse and everything. Yeah, yeah, and again, I guess that sort of leads into that um, other post-credit scene we saw where uh, he's helping Thor by the seams of... So, yeah, with a self-filling beer stein. Um. So good. Did you see, too, in that scene, he had yellow gloves on when he was talking yep. to Thor like he did in the comics for a bit? Yeah, I wonder if he's going to keep them on to, like, hide his hands. Mm, that would be interesting. That'd be really cool. The- but, yeah, it sort of connects into that where he wants to help um, get rid of uh, Loki and all, all the stupid gods and everything that are destroying everything mm. on Earth kind of his job uh, yeah. I, I even like too I thought they wrote a pretty decent reason as to why Doctor Strange has his classic facial hair in this and that is because his hands are so banged up and everything he can't shave and so he just kind of half asses it and goes eh, that's fine yeah I, I thought that was pretty cool that was really well done because it's like well how can we explain a dude rocking a porn stash in this day and age that's why because <laughs> his hands are too fucked up to shave and he couldn't get anyone to do it for him <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of Doctor Strange in a nutshell. I mean, you know, there's lots of fun references in there to the Marvel cosmology. They mentioned the Dark Dimension. They mentioned the Living Tribunal, which blew me away. Yeah, yeah. It's like an offhanded comment. Like, I sat right up in my seat. Did, did they just mention the Living Tribunal? <laughs> yeah, so that's the Living Tribunal and the Celestials that yeah. sort of cohabit this universe now. That's, that's awesome. That's gigantic, and, like, because Marvel movies are like this... I know they just didn't throw the Living Tribunal in there just as an Easter egg. If they threw it in, it's because we're going to see them at some point. Yeah, in Infinity War or Avengers 4 or something. Um, imagine that in you know Avengers Infinity War, the Living Tribunal has to get involved because of what Thanos is doing. Oh, that'd be awesome. And the Avengers end up meeting what are basically gods of their universe, like actual creator gods. That's gonna oh so awesome. I'm I'm intrigued though because they they didn't hold back on what the the time gem can do in this movie. Like it can literally reverse time and start a new timeline and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like wondering like how they're gonna up that for Infinity War. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what are some other things there that we could talk about? 
Ugh, I'm getting sleepy again. This daylight savings time thing has totally fucked me up. Uh, what else? Did, did, was there anything else you wanted to mention, Matt? I feel like I've almost covered it all. Um, uh, I don't think so. The movie was pretty good. Um, I think we've pretty much covered everything. I, I know there's something that we're missing. I can't remember what. I mean, I you know, I don't remember. I, I, again, it's a good movie. It delivers on everything it offers from the trailer. I, I guess we can talk about rankings. Does Does Doctor Strange crack your own personal top five? Because it doesn't crack my personal top five. I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't call it one of my all-time favorites. Like, it does a great job bringing the magical universe to life. But then again, I'm reminded that even in the comics, the magical universe isn't my favorite. I think it might sit, like, on number six or you know just on the edge of my top five right um mainly because it, it took that whole thing we've seen with iron man where you know you've got this arrogant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. celebrity type person becoming humble because of an accident and get gaining great power and everything but they, i like that they sort of turned it on its head where yeah he's arrogant but he's always right mm. because he's so smart and everything like, but, like he was right about yeah, like he was right about the time gem and everything and being able to use that and everything. And I'm Yeah. A, I'm glad you compared it there to Iron Man because that's another hole this movie could have fallen in if it wasn't careful. It could very easily have been, you know, like repetitive of Iron Man and Tony Stark's arc. Mm-hmm. I, I like that, well, Tony Stark, after his near-death experience, filled the void in his life with more technology. Uh, Doctor Strange fills it with, you know, mysticism and, you know, stuff like that and faith even. If I had written the movie, I would have concentrated on that a little more. You know, what what happens when a man of, you know, science and reason and everything gives in to the mystic arts and basically religion? Yeah, he joins a cult. Yeah, he, he <laughs> literally joins a cult, which he even says, hey, you know who says that? People in cults. <laughs> it's, it's just you're wearing robes and a bunch of gaudy jewelry. That's cult wear, dude. Have they made you drink the Kool-Aid yet? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta drink up that Kool-Aid. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was an enjoyable. I was gonna say it was an enjoyable summer movie. I'm like, it's not summer. It's not even close to summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of weird seeing a Marvel movie in November. That's that's the amazing thing about this universe. They can release them whenever they want, and they're like, hey, summer is when we say it is. <laughs> It'll still make like a billion dollars. It's. I mean, isn't it already like breaking a bunch of records? Because it had like no competition. Oh yeah, it's 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 on its way to like a hundred million soon. Like it's already made something some ridiculous amount of money, like eighty five million or something. I mean, like what? What were what, what you gonna see? Were you gonna see Hacksaw Ridge this week? Of course not. I'm gonna see it. That movie looks fucking amazing. It does actually look kind of cool. Plus, I mean, you know, it's crazy ass Mel Gibson getting to indulge in his crazy ass Mel Gibson obsessions. Basically, what's the ask for more? Yeah, I mean, if you love religion and masochism, you will love Hacksaw Ridge. I'm just looking it up now. So, Doctor Strange debuted with 85 million, mm-hmm. and it's the 14th MCU film to debut at number one. Wow, like, like, didn't it actually beat some? Like, didn't it beat Thor and like the first Captain America and some other ones? Yep. That's fucking nuts to think Doctor Strange, a minor, minor hero, would come out and do better than these other ones. And it's already close to 400 million worldwide. Jeez, you swear it's like they flaunt their success sometimes, where it's like, we can literally do whatever we want. Well, yeah, yeah they can, though. You know, and it just shows that when you put your time in and you get the right people to do mm. the right things, it pays off. If you don't just you know throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. Yeah. 
Now, the funny thing about this too, Doctor Strange, is this is actually going to be our last superhero movie for, for quite a while now, actually, like for a couple months. It seemed like there was a bit there when there was like a new superhero movie coming out every month, because there was. Yeah, we're not getting one until I think next May, which is Spider-Man. Shit. Spider-Man and then Gu- I think, well, I think Guardians and Spider-Man, or Spider-Man and then Guardians. Right. Then and then, Thor then we got and like... Logan. Yeah, and then Wonder Woman and uh, I think Justice League comes out as well. Right, shit. Jeez, man, what are are we going to do without any superhero movies to talk about for the next couple months? Oh, we'll have to watch other movies. Yeah. I'm still waiting to see that new Godzilla film. I still haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard good things about that. Yeah. People people like the Godzilla. I know I do. I wonder if he's going to destroy the Sydney Opera House this time, as he seems to love to do. <laughs> Man, I, I really got to take a trip to come visit you in Australia one of these days and get a picture at that Opera House, but do it in, like, the forced perspective so it looks like I'm destroying it. Oh, you can do that, but you'll be nowhere near where I live. Oh, oh you're the other side of the country. No, I'm on that the right side of the country, just very north of it. Ah, right. <laughs> like like six hour drive north or a two hour plane flight north. That's that's basically where I am too in like Ontario, where it's like, oh, you know, I'd love to see the CN Tower in Toronto if I come out and visit. I'm like, yeah, it'll be a bit. <laughs> it'll be a bit. I'm gonna take the train or a big long car ride. I mean, we'll get there, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I guess with that, we can pretty much wind down the show then. We've said everything we want to say. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, then. So, as always, thank you, everyone, for coming out and listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. We promise we'll be back next uh, week to talk about some actual comics. It's been a bit. It has been a bit. What with everything? Uh, there's been good books. We can say that much. Everything we've been reading, we've been enjoying. Yeah, it's been really great. Uh, if you are a Patreon, or if you're a patron, thank you as always for supporting the show, and because of it, you'll get to listen to this one nice and early before anybody else does. Uh, if you want to become a patron, you know, you can click right down there. Uh, as always, you know, I want to thank you for listening and sharing and favoriting. Uh, everyone else will get to hear this one on Wednesday. So, yeah, until then, everybody, I will see you around. Bye-bye. See ya.